This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Welcome to Chapter Tactics. This is your 40k podcast, which focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I am your host, Senor Pablo Cito, and with me I have Mr. Brandon Grant, two-time winner of the SoCal Open. Oh, good to be back. And Sean, Abuse Puppy Morgan. It's this guy. That guy, indeed. Today's episode is going to be short and sweet. I promise we actually started late this episode because we were waiting for one special thing. And Brandon, can you say what that is? Um, nope, you lost me. I was looking over the list from SoCal. <laughs> oh, he got it <laughs> at the very end. Uh, yeah, uh, for those of you who may not be aware, Frontline Gaming's annual SoCal Open is going on this weekend, Friday the 20, or Saturday the 27th and the 20th. Or actually, the 26th and the 27th this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Hundreds of players are going to show up to beautiful, sunny San Diego to do battle with the reigning champion, Mr. Brandon Grant, who we have on the show today. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good, good lists, a lot of really good players. And this will be the first super major, hundreds and hundreds of players major uh, in the new Space Marine meta. So this is uh, officially, although I would say with Salamanders and Imperial Fists, and we'll get to them a little bit later as well, uh, with Salamanders and Imperial Fists not quite out yet, uh, we're not probably not going to get something too great until maybe later on in the year, uh, like December, um, where I think there might be a couple of tournaments that will hit hundreds of players, maybe. Um, but in general, we're, we're mostly in the Space Marine meta at this point, and SoCal Open has l largely been considered the barometer in the past uh, for this time period between Nova and the LVO. So all eyes are going to be on the SoCal Open. So we're going to talk about lists that people are bringing, who our predictions are to win the entire thing, or at least make the top four. Last year we saw a unique cool faction in Tyranids and Gene Steer Cult making it to the top tables, going undefeated, which was really cool, uh, because last year they weren't in the best spot, uh, specifically that kind of list, although Gene Star Colt since then have done really well until recently, um, where they're doing, eh, about average, I'd say. Um, but should be a lot of fun. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Imperial Fists and Salamanders, and then uh, we're, that's about it. So first and foremost, before we continue... This episode was brought to you by the brand new Frontline Gaming Network, which isn't that shiny new anymore. It's been a couple months now. So the Frontline Gaming Network was brought to you by Frontline Gaming and, of course, the amazing patrons over at our Patreon. 
Uh, patrons get access to the Facebook group and Discord. They get to ask us questions at the end of every episode, though not this episode because we do have to cut a little bit short. I'm so sorry about that. I will make it up to you in an announcement a little bit later. Uh, and patrons are eligible to win a special prize every month. This month, I'm going to be giving away one Pharos model painted by our paint studio. Uh, I understand Iron Hands did get the nerf bat. However, that Pharos model is still selling like hotcakes. So I figured one fully painted one for one lucky patron would be nice. Also, if you really don't want Pharos, uh, I'll throw any of the Primaris Space Marine mo character models out there fully painted. You know, So if you, if you want to get your Salamanders on or your Imperial Fists on, I don't know those guys' names. I already forgot them. Go ahead, and if you win, you can email me and let me know. All right. Uh, at the SoCal Open, we also have a great sale where we run. We bring out this entire secondhand store. And if you're unfamiliar, uh, I run the Frontline Gaming secondhand store where we buy and we, we buy and sell used models on eBay and in store. Uh, I try to give people great deals. I myself started 40k buying models on eBay for low prices, painting them, building them up. Uh, these weren't the best models in the world, so I didn't always bring the coolest looking models to the table. Um, sometimes guys were modeled a little weird. Sometimes they had melta guns in places where melta guns shouldn't be. However, uh, it is what how I got into 40k on the cheap. So I wasn't making a lot of money back then. Um, so I understand the grind. I understand the struggle to fuel this expensive hobby of ours. And so in return, I put that passion into the frontline gaming secondhand shop. And I try to give you guys good deals. Uh, I know my prices or our prices are the best prices on eBay or some of the best prices on eBay. Uh, we come in at hot at like 50% off MSRP on a lot of really good items, hot items. Um, so check that out. Uh, also, if you're going to be in the SoCal area and you want to check out our store, we're having an in-store sale this entire week leading up to the SoCal Open, where if you purchase a brand new in-box item and some secondhand shop items, you get 10% off your entire order. So not only can you get some awesome models at great deals, you also get 10% off your entire order, so you get a little extra savings. Um, also, I'm going to be posting a lot of good Space Marine stuff this weekend on eBay. Repulsors, Repulsor Executioners, uh, I don't know, Primaris stuff. Just just a ton. I got a, recently got a large Space Marine army that I've been sitting on for this special occasion, so I'm going to list it all up on eBay. Um, so if you follow us at Frontline Gaming Store on eBay, be very quick on the draw, because there's going to be good Space Marine stuff on it. All right. Because today's episode is running a little late and we're going to cut it short uh, by omitting the patron questions, um, I wanted to open up some questions to you all in the universe, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Uh, if you have any questions for us, Brandon, Sean, maybe Scary, Peter, Val, whoever, uh, put those in the YouTube comments. This is kind of an ask me anything or ask us anything questionnaire. We'll answer them at the end of next week's episode in addition to the patrons um, when we talk about the SoCal Open results. So... Put them in those YouTube comments sections, the frontlinegaming.org blogs, whatever. Just if you have any questions, if you ever wanted to know anything at all, ask away. All right. Quick topic before we begin. Are you too familiar with a little company called Riot Games? Uh, I have yes. Been passing. <laughs> so uh, I, I am a huge connoisseur of all all things competitive. I like following various competitive games. Um, and top players 
doing what they do best uh and riot and league of legends is no exception world the world championships is going on right now for league of legends there's already been one big upset uh underdog team getting into the top for the quarterfinals it's been an absolute blast to watch and they also recently announced like a ton of awesome content that's coming coming out like five new games it's it's ridiculous how how much they've grown even from a couple years ago when they were already a huge company, one of the largest gaming companies in the world. Um, so I just wanted to give them a special shout out, um, mostly because I know a lot of those guys who work at Riot. Oh, not a lot of those guys, but there are people at, who at Riot who listen to this podcast who play 40k. Uh, people like Mark Merrill, who um, of course was the one who started the Alex Fennel like charity thing with the the you know um, Tony got Tonyed and that stuff at the LVO a couple years ago. Uh, Mark Merrill was the one who put up his own money for a charity um, of Alex's choosing. And it was just, it was great. It was a good time. And people like Mark Merrill, the co-founder of Riot, um, are important people to have in the community. So I just wanted to give them a, a quick little special shout out. Uh, what they're doing for, for League of Legends is great. And what they do for the 40K community is great too. So give them a quick round of applause. Except unless you're driving, don't do that. Just shout or honk or something. <laughs> and finally... Salamanders and Imperial Fists are here. I prefer the Salamanders, though I know a lot of people are going gaga for the Imperial Fists. Uh, Brandon, what are your initial impressions of both supplements? So, <clears throat> Codex plus one damage against vehicles with heavy weapons is really good against vehicles. That's a shocker. Um, and Imperial Fists have a lot of abilities already even before their supplement came out that make them really solid in the shooting phase and really solid against vehicles so for example they just always ignore cover and uh, their bolt weapons hit more often because on unmodified sixes they get bonus hits and you combine a few of the other stratagems they've got like the one that buffs centurions and um, you can create a really solid shooting death star based imperial fist army the only question at that point is how do you not die to melee Otherwise, you can build a list that will shoot almost every other army in the game off the table. Yep. Any thoughts on Salamanders, Brandon? Salamanders, I really like the approach that they took to trying to make them super fluffy, but I have some problems with rules as written. So, for example, the Heroic Sacrifice strat, um, it really needs some work. Um, yeah. Basically, I kind of feel like the, the strat should work like Grot Shields, but it, what would, or like drones or savior protocols, it should work like everything else works. So if my Cadian heavy weapons team is being shielded by the Salamanders, you should be able to shoot the Cadian team, and then on a 2 plus before rolling to wound, you just pass the hit off to the Salamanders because they're heroically absorbing all the bullets. Yeah. What this means is, as long as I can see a unit, I can still shoot something and mm -hmm. do damage. I might not be doing damage to the thing I want to do. There might be some centurions in the way, in cover, um, that are just absorbing all my bullets. But at least something is getting shot. The way it works now, I can put those centurions out of line of sight. And even though you can see my Cadian heavy weapon teams, you're not allowed to target them. And unless you have indirect fire, it literally means you can miss an entire shooting phase because of the strat, which doesn't feel good or thematic. Yeah. Um, They're so, protecting them by yeah. being invisible somehow. 
What? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I think one thing is clear. I think that we're probably going to see that stratagem get changed, clarified, nerfed. Um, I don't know what they decide to do with it. Um, so for those of you who who you know who are just as confused as as I am, uh, or just as concerned as Brandon is about that stratagem, um, I I'm pretty sure that GW is going to take care of it in some way because it's such a weird stratagem to begin with. Uh, just it's not very worded particularly well. It's a little it's confusing. It's unintuitive. Um, so they definitely need to go to back to the drawing board on that stratagem. Now, uh, Sean, what were your kind of first impressions about Imperial Fist and Salamanders? I agree with Brandon really strongly. Plus one damage on all your heavy weapons, only against vehicles, but that's usually what you need multi-damage weapons for anyways, is incredibly powerful. And Space Marines have access to such a broad armory that you can just take every single gun in your army as heavy and just benefit from that all the time. Um, so that's a very, very powerful ability. Um, just like we were, we were talking about previously, you know, Iron Hands getting minus one damage is amazing. Plus one damage is, if not better, uh, certainly at least is good. Um, and they have a bunch of other stuff they can stack on, sh on top of that that is very synergistic with it. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also a bunch of stuff in the, the Imperial Fist book that isn't very good, but that's fine because you don't have to use it. You can just use the good stuff instead. Um, they are going to have some struggles that, you know, are not as obvious in ways to solve them. Um, but I think there's some really powerful Imperial Fist lists that you can make. Um, Salamanders are also really good, although I am less impressed by them overall because so much of their stuff wants to happen at very short range and that is not always easy to set up um my take on imperial fists is that they they are really good they're probably one of the best shooting if not the best shooting armies in the game right now um with this with the supplement although if you were to grade the supplement as a whole i would probably still give it like a c plus b minus um, because in general they don't have any good, they don't have any great relics. They don't, especially compared to some of the other relics we've seen. Um, Warlord traits are kind of meh. Psychic powers are meh. Most of the stratagems are meh. Um, what really, of course, the the main thing, like Sean pointed to, is that everyone's just going to focus on the one damage, as they should. It's it's the best rule in that supplement by a mile. Um, and then combined with the the Vigilist Defiant stratagem or Siegebreaker cohort detachment, whatever it is, um, it's really good. It's really really powerful. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how people move to counter Imperial Fists. Um, I think they're a lot easier to counter than uh, Iron Hands or even White Scars because it's so simple. It's, it's like you do need to tag them. And I know that I know that a lot of you are thinking that it's harder than it looks. It is. They, they can take Infiltrators. They still have access to everything Space Marines have access to. Um, but it's just they they are they have a clear a clear weakness, which is which is what I like is they they do have a clear weakness. You tag them. And, and their shooting is worse, right? Well, they're not them. just immune to a bunch of rules, which the yes. repulsors largely were. It's kind of yes, like, oh, absolutely. you can't touch me in close combat. It just doesn't work. Yeah, so there's some silver lining there. Um, Salamanders, I actually think, are the most satisfying supplement for me. Uh, outside of the heroic sacrifice stratagem, which I'm confident that they're going to change anyway, so I'm not really worried about it. Um, I just think it's a really, really good book. It's well-designed. Uh, they have access to... Uh, make T9 characters on bikes, which sounds really, really, really amazing because you have a toughness sign character. However, when you break it down, it, it's still a character on a bike that can't charge flyers, 
is limited to where it goes, can still be smited and mortal wounded. Um, so they are very clo- very much a close combat army. I just love the feel of the salamanders. Or uh, they're very uh, attrition focused. Um, they move up the board slowly, and they have some dynamic plays um, that you have to kind of think ar- think about doing, right? Like uh, nine meltaguns in a drop pod with Vulcan is something I've been considering uh, for a little extra mobility. Uh, you can take repulsors to put aggressors in. Um, it's just I-, I just I feel like I like the way the salamanders play, um, and I don't think that they're so so amazing that they're they're gonna just take over the meta. So they're my they're my favorite supplement so far released, followed by Raven Guard. Um. <clears throat> what would you think do you think do you two think that uh people are going to move from iron hands to imperial fists now uh in terms of the space marine players uh at at tournaments or do you think we're just going to see more people move to space marines imperial fists and salamanders now so um it depends on how the meta moves so I think the Imperial Fists ignoring cover is actually super important in this meta because so many people are taking Iron Hand's successors with the stealthy trait, and Imperial Fists does not care about that in the slightest. Um, yeah. I also think that Imperial Fists have the firepower to take on Iron Hands and remove a lot of their advantages. So for example, they can just plow through the Ironstone vehicle by just existing. They have plus one damage. It cancels out the Iron Hones minus one damage, or Ironstones. Um I also think that they have a lot of defensive buffs as well. They're not as strong as the Iron Hands on defense, but, you know, giving your army cover in the open, um, giving your ability to um, get plus one to your save, all these stacking buffs make them really resilient in the shooting phase. So I think that Imperial Fists are uniquely positioned right now to swoop into the meta and be very strong against the Iron Hands match. Which will shake things up, so I do think that there will be fewer Iron Hands players in the long run, but I'm not sure if there'll ever be more Imperial Fists than Iron Hands. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. The the It, it is interesting that you brought up the plus one save stratagem, um, because it does say plus one save, not plus one armor save, uh, so it is possible to get a two-up invuln. Uh, I think that's also going to be changed as well. Uh, GW in general yeah. hasn't liked the two-up invuln in the past. Um, so we'll probably see that, but it's it's a good stratagem, and it and it reinforces the Death Star point, right? In that if you get plus one save to a unit of heavy bolter centurions, um, and give them cover as well, you're looking at a, a negative one plus save, right? Or um, you need to get to AB three to get them to a three up save, which is crazy, uh, on top of a a unit of already tough centurions. So uh, they do have a lot of Death Star potential in Imperial Fists, and then they also have a, a lot of use out of the Invictor tactical warsuit, the 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 infiltrating warsuit with the heavy bolter hip fire, um, and and other other units as well. So it's just, they've got a lot of good stuff. Um, it'll be interesting to see where people take them. Um, although I think a Centurion Death Star and and tough durable bodies with a good screen, I think is probably where people are going to end up. <clears throat> All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the SoCal open list. Uh, while I've been yapping away talking about secondhand shop stuff, uh, Sean and uh, uh, Sean and Brandon have been looking at the SoCal open lists, uh, which are now available for viewing on the Best Coast Pairings app uh, if you have a subscription. So actually, I think it's a sponsored event, so I think you could just look at them. Um, but the sponsored event might not—you might not be able to look at them until the event starts. Not sure how that works. Um, but basically, uh, they are visible if you have a, a subscription. I do know that for sure. So if you're, you know, feel like supporting Best Coast Pairings, 
send them a subscription their way. It's only $5 a month. It's not that bad. And you get access to thousands of lists online that you get to look at. So if you're in a list building rut, if you want some ideas for your list, check out Best Coast Pairings. It's it's easily one of the most 40k resources that I've used um, in the past couple of years. All right. So uh, let's start with Sean this time. Um, Sean, who's a player that stands out to you and a list that stands out to you uh, at first glance uh, at going to the SoCal Open? Um, I mean, the, the really easy pick is Nick Nanavati. Um, he's, he's an incredibly good player. He knows how to bring really good lists. Uh, and I think the list he's bringing does kind of showcase a lot of the, the stuff you're going to expect to see in armies going forward here. Um, he is in fact using an Iron Hands successor brigade. Um, the, probably the, the most notable thing there is it's a brigade, uh, which you don't actually see all that often. Um, but there, there's a lot of good stuff available in Space Marines. They have great troops, they have good units in just about every slot, uh, and they have a lot of good utility stratagems that you can spend those command points on. Um, he has a few interesting choices, um... I mean, Thunderfire Cannons are in there, obviously. No one is surprised by that. The Thunderfire Cannon is incredibly powerful these days. Um, he's got Suppressors, which are quite good. Uh, and he's running a trio of Dreadnoughts. Um, but the uh, the thing that I found was kind of an interesting choice was he's running a, a unit of four Devastators with Grav Cannons in a drop pod. Um, which with the, the new stratagem to reroll wounds with them, they actually can hit pretty hard, um, and can act as a, a reasonably good counter to some of the, uh, more expensive kind of Death Star-ish units that you, you're tending to see some of. Yeah. Uh, so, no, oh, and he's, he's also running a, a, I think, five units of Intercessors as troops, all with the Stalker Bolt Rifles, um... Because intercessors with all these bonuses are quite good these days, uh, so I think what you have in his list is just a a hard hitting, relatively resilient, and fairly flexible on the table kind of army. Yeah, it, it's a it's a good solid space marine list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it it takes advantage of the utility in the 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 space marine army and codex. Uh, to sort of bring a, a toolbox army that a player like Nick can take a lot of advantage of. Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, Brandon, what, what is a list that stands out to you uh, as a competitor in the event, as, as someone who who's arguably the favorite to win? Uh, definitely Richard Cozart's list. Hmm. So, he and I have been talking offline, and he was thinking of bringing guard, and sure enough, he did. Um, and his guard list is super interesting. I actually like it a lot. It's very similar to mine. Um, so very briefly, he has triple battalion. One of them is Talern with the Emperor's Fist, and he's got uh, one battle cannon commander and two demolisher cannon commanders uh, with all the trimmings. So he's got hunter-killer missiles and heavy stubbers on these things. Um, then he's got the three minimum Talern infantry with a platoon commander. I did tell him, bring a platoon commander. It makes the infantry squads a lot better. Um, and then he's got the second uh, battalion with four infantry squads, two company commanders of Katachan, an Ogren bodyguard, two basilisks, and two wyverns in the Emperor's Wrath. 
And then his last attachment is Strachan, Commissar Yarrick, three infantry squads, uh, an astropath, nine Bulgrins, and a priest. Hmm. Hmm. It's very similar to your list. It is, but I like it a lot. Um, well, that said, I like my list a lot. Um, it has a lot of firepower. It's actually got more firepower than my list. And it has great me- anti-melee tools. So I really like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Alright. Um, question. Oh no, go ahead. Um I was gonna say the uh Talarn on the vehicles seems like a must in this meta. Especially if you're starting with sixteen command points, which he is. Um so you can outflank one or two of the vehicles if you need to, i.e. the demolishers. And mm-hmm. it's very difficult to zone them out because they can be nine inches away from your front line but also shoot twenty four inches in. Um so, yeah, they're very reasonable firepower, and when they outflank, you can spend a command point to still double shoot the uh, main gun, even though you count it as moving at full speed. Um, and the flexibility there, depending on the table of where they show up and how they shoot, is really cool in the hands of a good player, which Richard definitely is. Um, and then he's got so much firepower with double Basilisk, double Wyvern. I mean, he can only double shoot one thing, but he can juice up the one that he really needs, so. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what changed with the Demolisher cannon to make it so good now? Sure. So there was a stealth buff to the Demolishers. They always roll D6 shots instead of D3 and D6 against units of five or more. So in a practice game, I've had Demolishers just one-shot uh, Repulsor Executioners. Just, yeah, they're, yeah, they're basically like battle cannons now with a number of shots, which is good. Yeah, but but with D six damage instead of D three, yes. yeah. and there's yes. D strength yeah. ten, AP three, D six damage, D six shots twice if you move half speed or less. Yes, yeah. uh, that's a potential, and you know obviously this is top end, but theoretically you can do seventy two damage with that thing. Um, on average, I think you're still doing like fifteen or twenty against most targets. Uh, it it's an incredible amount of firepower. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and they're still cheap too, right? Um, yep. there's still a 190 for the demolisher if you just take plasma cannon sponsons, but he's thrown hunter killer missiles and stubbers right. in there. So, right. Yeah, that's but still for what they do. That's good. it's only like five or five points or something more than the battle cannon. It's not a big. It's upgrade. less. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, okay. It's two points less for the Demolisher than the Battle Cannon now. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, good stuff, especially without flanking Talarn. Now, I have a list that, that uh, it's run by a really good player, um, but I think it's actually a really interesting meta-busting list, and it's just a funny list in general. So it's four Imperial Knights and two War Dogs mm. Moroxes. This is uh, Thomas Goatboy's list. Uh, if you yeah. read his articles on Bell-, Bell of Lost Souls, check them out. They're really good articles. He's been writing there for a long time. Um, but he's a good player. He's got three Knight Despoilers, each with two Thermal Cannons. So that's six Thermal Cannons. And a Sarastus Knight Castigator and two uh, Moiraxes, or War Dogs Moiraxes, which are the Armored yeah. Moirax Forge World. Um, and that's the list. It's it's really good, it, especially for this meta. Uh, thermal Cannons uh, have got their cheaper than their Battle Cannon Brethren. They wound knights better. They wound. They do damage to repulsors better. Um, the short range really doesn't matter on a knight because of how fast the knights are. Uh, and he's able to fit a whole nother knight because he took the thermal cannons instead of the gatling cannons and the battle cannons. 
Yeah, it's almost a uh, hundred point discount between yeah. the the Gatling and the thermal. Yeah, so it's two two d six. He also has two knight detachments, so he's looking at twelve CP to start off with. Um, three from the one, and then six from the one with the three despoilers, which is mm-hmm. a lot of CP for a list with six models. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and knights need CP. It's it's a good list. Uh, uh, at first, I was like, oh, this this isn't going to do very well. But then I more thought about it, the more I realized, um it's really hard to kill four knights still, even with yeah. executioners flying around everywhere, even with heavy bolter, two damage, heavy bolters. Uh, it's still a lot of firepower coming out of those knights. They can still stomp. And then he kitted them out too. They have a, they have a iron storm missile pods, the heavy stubbers, of course. Uh, and then the Sarasis knight castigator is really good at clearing hordes and is still fast and durable. So, oh, and the Moyrexes aren't too bad either. I actually want to, talk about those Moraxes a little bit. Those guys are the secret sauce, I think. Um, oh, yeah. For 155 points, it's cheaper than even a bare-bones regular war dog. They put out 12 te- Tesla shots with AP2. That means they're averaging 12 AP2 hits on a given target. Uh, that's really nice for 155 points. Um, and then you add in the fact that they're super dangerous on Overwatch because of those exploding sixes, uh, for, for 155 points, those guys are amazing. Yeah, they're also really fast. They, you know, they're fast like all the others, so uh, a lot of times when I was playing Armagers, I would just move mine up the flanks, uh, to prevent deep strikers and stuff. They just really, they're just really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you're, you're right, they're definitely the secret sauce to this list. Uh, and it's it's a good list, and Thomas is a really good player, so I, I expect him to do really well. Although I I don't know if he can win the tournament with this list, um, because he can just mm-hmm. kind of run into like something Gene that Steel kills. Gene Colt rolls Gene over Sir- him. Oh yeah, Gene Steel Colt will <laughs> thermal cannons won't do much. Gene Steel Colt. So nah. uh, there are some definite. Obviously, this is a skew list, so there are some bad matchups for him. Um, but I I like it, and it's the kind of list I think people should start trying to focus or look at uh, when they're building their chaos list. Maybe not necessarily that list, but similar list to it. All right. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Mr. Steven Box from Vanguard Tactics, who's coming all across the pond to play a, a I don't want to call an old-fashioned Ultramarines list, because people were bringing lists similar to it two months ago, a month, month and a half ago, two months ago. Um, but it's an Ultramarines list, um, so he, he settled on sticking away from the Iron Hands, uh, not trying to go to Raven Guard or White Scars, uh, and kind of stuck with a more traditional gunline infantry heavy ultramarines list he has uh a lieutenant with a jump pack and three aggressors squads in a vanguard detachment that's three that's three uh what looks like one five man and two three man aggressor squads uh one repulsor for the big squad i assume uh and then cal marnius calgar in a spearhead detachment with three suppressor squads which is really interesting uh suppressors are the phobos unit and Shadow Spear, the Space Marine Phobos unit Shadow Spear that no one talks about. Uh, even yeah, though jump pack they, and auto cannon. Yeah, and they have the suppressive fire rule, um, so they have some neat little tricks that they can do. They can deep strike. Um, then they're not bad. And then he's got two repulsor executioners and the thunderfire cannon. So the the way this list works is you put uh, the five aggressors in one repulsor, the two the two uh, three men aggressors in the executioners. And if you want, you can even put Calgar in one of the Repulsor Executioners if they have a lot of anti-character, like, sniper shots or something and you really want to protect Calgar. You can always put him in the, one of the Repulsors. And then the Lieutenant, I imagine, deep strikes with the Suppressors because it's got a jump pack. 
Uh, and then the lieutenant has two chain swords, so you can give it the the teeth of Dara and just wail on people. Uh, so there's some sneaky good stuff in here. Um, it's just a it's just a very simple Ultramarines list uh, in a sea of of simple Iron Hands lists. As I wanted to point out, Brandon, back to you. Uh, you're looking for another list to talk about? Yeah. Um, well, we already talked about Nick, and we already talked about... Oh, let's see. <laughs> we can talk about Mike Snyder's list. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about our teammate, Mike Snyder. So, he's running a Adeptus Astartes army of White Scars. And uh, I thought he really knows how to handle the shenanigans on this thing. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, the movement that you can pull off with White Scars is insane. Like, Raven Guard can just show up from, you know, in front of your deployment zone turn one, but White Scars can move in advance and charge really far. So the math on this, for example, a squad of Centurions, they're move four. So you'd think, oh, their threat range, it's four plus maybe ten if they roll well. So you have a 14-inch threat range for melee. That's awful. Um, But then you're White Scars, and you have Warlord traits and relics and chaplains that give you plus three to your advance and charge moves. So it's really seven plus D6 plus 2D6 plus three, which is, um, what is that going to be? That's 10 plus 3D6. It averages about 20-inch threat range on that unit. Yeah. Yes. And that's assuming you don't cast any extra psychic powers or other stuff, because they can they can theoretically go even further than that. Yes, and on top of that, you can use stratagems to make them charge 3d6, pick the two highest, and use a CP reroll on your advance and one of the charged dice. So yeah. if you use all of the CP to get those guys across the board, they have a greater than 90% chance to make a 22-inch charge. Yes. Which is insane. They're move four. You don't think that they're going to move 22 inches out of a magic box in the center of the board and charge your back line. But they will. So that said, um, his list has a battalion with a smash captain with a jump pack, a Primaris chaplain with on foot, doesn't matter, and then three scout squads just with cheap bolters. Uh, He's got his squad of five centurions with flamers um and another squad of five with flamers and hurricane bolters this time uh company ancient on a bike uh and then he's got primaris lieutenant a thunderfire cannon um a whirlwind uh and two squads of sorry three squads of eliminators um and then his last attachment's another battalion so he's got a librarian in terminator armor a chaplain on a bike and three intercessor squads with auto bolt rifles so this yeah, list the Autobot rifles, interesting. I know. But um he's got first of all a lot of indirect fire because he's got the um eliminators, he's got uh whirlwind, he's got two thunderfire cannons. Um so he can really put a lot of hurt from out of line of sight. So turn one, if he deploys correctly, you won't actually see anything. And then he's gonna start probably one of the centurions on the board, maybe one of them will outflank. Um, and the one that starts on the board basically is like, well, you can come closer to try and see my stuff, but if you do, I'm going to punch you. Um, so 
I really like the push-pull of this list because you can't do any damage to him until you get closer to him because he's out of line of sight. And then if you do get closer to him, the Centurions pounce on you and murder you. So it's yeah. very difficult to deal with. Yeah, he has a really great uh, set of tools in, in all the White Scars stuff. And another thing to really remember with White Scars is when turn three rolls around, their entire army becomes twice as dangerous because yeah. they get that plus one damage on the charge. And that means even those like those garbage intercessor squads are tearing things apart. Hey, hey, leave those intercessors alone. No, it's not that they're bad. I mean, a lot of people are running them, but no one thinks of as, of intercessors as like big danger units in melee. But for white squares, they are. Yeah, uh, Reese's Reese's uh, space marines, scouts, angry scouts with chainswords were mm-hmm. just destroying uh, Frankie's knights, like his his lord discordants and yeah. his chaosless. They were just like because they're AP one two damage yep. on a model with like four attacks on the charge. Or three attacks on the charge, because <clears throat> they have one yeah. attack, plus one for the charge and the chainsaw. Yeah, so three yeah. attacks on the charge, but a unit of five of them has 16 attacks that are, that are uh, I, they don't get plus one to wound, right? No, not as Blood White Angels. Scars. That's it's, Blood Angels. You can get it with the character, but... Oh, yeah. I see. That's that's what it was. But but yes. yeah, their AP1, two damage, so just through weight of fire, a little 55-point squad in close combat can do a lot of work. Yeah, that's the thing. 16 attacks, AP1 damage to 55 points, and they fill your troop requirements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they'll go into other Space Marine armies and mess them up. And uh, yeah, White Scars are good. Uh, I think I think that uh, this kind of style of list with the Assault Centurions or, or kind of like a bomb with Intercessors, this infantry-heavy style of list with a Thunderfire Cannon is a, is a list that people are going to see often. Uh, mm-hmm. There are Raven Guard versions of it. Uh, there are White Scars versions of it. They both kind of play the same. Um, they have different tricks that they can do, so it really depends on the player. But the general idea is there. You have the Centurion, the Salt Centurions. You have a whole lot of shooting. Uh, you have Eliminators to pick off characters and do some damage. Uh, and you have a lot of movement shenanigans. So uh, they're they're just good lists. And if you if you really like a thinking man's army, or if you really like uh, an army that has a lot of challenge but still really powerful, I would consider picking up Raven Guard or White Scars and trying lists like this out. Also worth noting, these are very hard counters to the uh, Iron Hands Repulsor lists. Yes. As soon as one of those units of uh, Centurions touches those uh, Repulsors, they are dead. Yeah, It's also a really good counter to a list we're going to see a lot more of uh, That from a model that you can pre-order from Frontline Gaming, the Primaris mm. Impulsor. Yes. Uh, Senor Undercosted Grav Tank. Uh, But yeah, if you want to pre-order those from Frontline Gaming, you certainly can at FrontlineGaming.org where you can buy 20 of them if you want and spam them (laughs) until GW nerfs them. But they are really good. Impulsor spam is going to be a real thing when it comes out, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And um, Absolutely. Assault Centurions and close combat vehicle killers are going to have a field day. Things like Knights and and Lord Discordants and stuff. Um, So it's going to be very interesting. All right. Uh, one list I wanted to highlight was uh, Jim Vessel's list. So speaking of Lord Discordance, uh, Jim Vessel decided to stick with Chaos Space Marines. Uh, he didn't jump the bandwagon like so many other amazing players like Steve Pamperine yeah, and Nick Nanavati did. one of the few who didn't. <laughs> and, and it was, and as I think I read on a comment on Facebook, I think it was because of the Iron Hands FAQ. I, I think 
I think he was planning on switching to Space Marines until the FAQ came out. Then I think he switched to Chaos at the last minute because he mm. felt like his list had a real chance at that point. Although uh, that's speculation. Um, I don't remember where I read that comment if I did read it. Uh, but I think that was him and I think he said something to that degree. Either way, he's running Chaos. Uh, the world is is all in universe. Although it's a different Chaos list than what he normally runs. So it's three Lord Discordants with the Mark of Slanesh uh, as we usually see them um, <clears throat> in the Flawless Host. Three Chaos Cultist squads, one large unit of bikers with combi bolters with the Mark of Slanesh, which is, uh, I'm starting to see more of a staple in Chaos Space Marines lists. Those bikers are really good. Richard Kozart uh, showed me the light when he played me at the Gentleman's GT, I believe. I think it was, the, or Slaughterfest. Uh, either way, we played it. It was a Gentleman's GT. We played, he brought the bikers, um, and they were really good. So, so the Chaos Bikers are great. <clears throat> and then, uh, a Lord of War Knight Spoiler with the uh, Rapid Fire Battle Cannon and a Thunderfire Cannon. Uh, and then two Rapid Fire... Yeah, two Rapid Fire Battle Cannons, excuse me. Uh, and then a Purge Detachment with a Sorcerer and three Hellforged Derradeo Dreadnoughts with Butcher Cannon Arrays and Greater Havoc Launchers. So, uh, kind of a mix. Uh, he, he's definitely bringing the heat to kill Repulsors, but he's also bringing the Butcher Cannon Arrays to deal with Space Marine Infantry Space Marines. Because there's going to be a lot of those. Uh, and then I do like the knight in this list. Although I think maybe cutting them the rapid fire battle cannons down to thermal cannons would have been awesome. I don't know. I see on his list, I see... I'm kind of confused. Maybe you can help me out here if you go to Jim Vessel's list. So I see a thermal cannon on his knight. But then underneath it, I see two rap, a rapid fire cannon twice. Uh, so what that is, it, it's the way that Battlescribe lists it. He has it armed with a thermal cannon and then rapid fire battle cannon, which consists of rapid fire battle oh, cannon and, and heavy, heavy stubborn. stubborn. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's got so one of each. Yeah, so this that's a very confusing way to read it. But it's, I do see the battle now. scribe outputs are weird sometimes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so he has a. But yeah, it's a mixed loadout, which okay. I'm guessing he's running because that's the model he has. That's I, fair. I would have to assume that's why, because I can't think of any reason he would want the mixed loadout like that. It's generally just inferior to a more dedicated one, but maybe Jim knows something I don't. Yeah, and, and to be fair, those 40, 30, 30-ish, 40-ish points, there isn't a whole lot of stuff that can take pick up those points in his list. Uh, he's All he's got is the three Lord Discordants, the Daredeos, um, and then he could upgrade the... Uh, I don't, I don't know. Actually. He could he could change the uh, discordance over to uh, the bail flamer rather than the auto cannon or other stuff. Oh. Like there's stuff he could do. Mm. All right then. Cool. So uh, we've all talked about we all kind of highlighted two lists. There are more amazing players, and I want to take a minute to recognize some of the good players um, who we didn't mention yet. Uh, so we've got Mister Kenny Boucher coming in from mid-northern Southern California, uh, L.A. area, uh, coming in hot. Kenny is a phenomenal player. Uh, I, I think he's going to bring the heat with his... Oop, loaded up the wrong list. Uh, with his Chaos list, uh, it's it's in a similar style, except he's bringing Helldrakes. So he's got two Lord Discordants, two Helldrakes, and then a bunch of Knights. So it's similar to what he's been running lately, um, but he brought the Helldrakes. Uh, I, I don't know how good Helldrakes are at killing the Iron Hands flyer list. I know they're not that great at killing fly vehicle flyers, uh, but they are really good at moving up the board and tagging things, um, which is something he might be looking to do. 
Yeah, they're typically used more as a sort of delay and distraction unit, but they're not bad at killing flyers. They have the D6 damage to auto hits with their flamer, um, and then they're, they're plus one to hit flyers in close combat, so they're hitting them on twos most of the time. Um, and they, they, they're like strength seven, AP two, D3 damage. So they, they won't kill a flyer in one go most of the time, but they'll always claw it up. Um, uh, shout out to Team Zero Comp's Ray Ahumada, who, uh, mm-hmm. despite the fact that his Eldar Flyer list, uh, was nerfed at SoCal Open due, a so- due to a SoCal Open ruling that we made, um, he's still bringing Eldar, although he cut out the Flyers and he brought only two Crimson Huns there, Exarchs. Some uh, Farseers and Warlock Skyrunners, of course, some Dire Avengers, which is interesting, uh, an Artok Skyrunner, and then three Fire Prisms and a Night Spinner, uh, mm-hmm. along with a unit of Shining Spears, which we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, so he's bringing a very interesting kind of KG Eldar list. Sean, what is your take on this list? Uh, I expect he's looking to take advantage of uh, some of the new Psychic Awakening stuff, uh, because he is using a uh, custom craft world, um that so that he's he's getting some special traits um i know he's getting the automatic cover outside of 12 i don't know offhand what his other one with masterful shots is but uh those those dire avenger squads are actually fairly scary these days um depending on what you pick for the exarch traits you can either just give the exarchs guns just flat ap3 all the time or you can give the whole unit exploding sixes. Um, so there's there's definitely some strong stuff there. The fire prisms he's probably taking to deal with repulsor executioners, uh, because you can do some shenanigans with combining their fire to throw a whole bunch of shots into one of those repulsors and blast it apart, and then fire and fade away uh, the one visible fire prism, since the other two can draw a line of sight off it. Um, and you basically get to pop out, blast something, and then jump back behind cover. Um, I'm not sure I like his lists, but um, it's definitely got some of the right tools to deal with some stuff. Uh, and, you know, he can charge a pretty long distance out of Deep Strike with those Shining Spears. Um because I think he's, he's going to get up to plus three to charges with them off a deep strike. Um, so he he's definitely got some interesting tools going on there. Yeah. Uh, another player I want to highlight is someone who I don't think I've highlighted it enough so far, um, but they've really come onto the scene this year, uh, Mr. Ruben Fernandez. Uh, Ruben is a, a player out of Florida who actually attended the BAO and did really well at the BAO. Um, he is the player who infamously uh, tied his own teammate, 31 point tie, um, mm. uh, which we which we already looked into. It was legit, although very strange and head scratching, of course. However, since then, Ruben has put up some great results um, at tournaments, and he's he's been really hot lately. Uh, so he's been bringing uh, he's going to be bringing a white scars list. It's kind of different than what other other white scars lists I've seen, though. It's still got the similar mode. Um, instead of the captain on the bike, he's got a captain on a jump pack with a storm shield thunderhammer, so smash captain. And he's a chaplain on a bike, so I imagine the chaplain on the bike is the one with the bike relic. Um, which I actually really like because then it keeps up with the rest of your units. Uh, three scout squads with uh, chainswords and co- with combat knives and chainswords. Um, 
uh, chap another chaplain with a jump pack, a librarian in Terminator armor, three more scout squads, and then three units of centurions, uh, uh, assault centurions, for uh, five units each. So fifteen assault centurions, three eliminators, a mortis dreadnought with two twin las cannons, which is kind of interesting, and then finally, of course, one thunderfire cannon. Uh, it's a it's a very good list. It's fifteen assault centurions and and random things to help them out. It's a solid it. list. It's a solid list. It's yeah. Assault yeah. centurions are super good and really undercosted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then another play I wanted to highlight was Mister Steve, the Mean Pamprine, mm-hmm. uh, bringing Raven Guard. <laughs> Hopefully, does well. <laughs> uh, another player who switched over to the Space Marine Menace. Um, however, he's running a different Raven Guard list than the other White Scars list. Uh, he has two Assault Centurion squads and a Devastator Centurion squad uh, and two Thunderfire Cannons. Uh, the Devastator Centurions are Grav Amps and Hurricane Bolters, so they, take, they can take advantage of the reroll to Wound Strat, which of course mm-hmm. is really good. Uh, two Thunderfire Cannons, Chaplain, Librarian, and then three Eliminator squads, and then Characters to Flavor. And that is it. That is, that is it. Is there any other players real quick? That I didn't highlight, maybe anyone I missed. I think that's. I think I got everyone. Uh, John Lennon is another nope. guy. John that, Lennon. Uh, he he's running a mix of white scars and imperial, uh, not imperial fist, um, iron hands, um, using some of the character dreadnoughts and assault centurions. Um, I think that his his mix of stuff is very powerful. Yeah, uh, and then we have Junior Fleehy, who we can't forget, of course. Yep. Uh, captain of team zero comp uh, he is running a tank commander with a, the emperor's fist tank commander with three infantry squads and a battalion with a primary psyker uh the another battalion with two heavy with a heavy weapon squad and a wyvern and then he's running uh two knight crusaders and a knight gallant so normally his list is two battalions um but it's just a wyvern and a bunch of mortar teams and then he's got a knight valiant a knight crusader and a knight gallant uh he moved his valiant down to crusader and he brought the tank commander, which is a list I ran um, in June of this year uh, for my for my gauntlet of tournaments in June uh, when I was traveling around a lot. It, it's a good list. The, I love the tank commander with knights uh, because the knights pushing forward cause a lot of damage. Uh, they're they're threatening, and so the tank commander doesn't get shot a lot. So the tank commander can kind of do his thing, um, you know, be awesome, and then the wyvern flushes out problem units, and then the guardsmen run around and grab objectives and just be awesome. Uh, so it's a really good list. Uh, it's a style of list I'm familiar with. Um, he is obviously a better player than I am, so I imagine he's going to do really well with it. And it's also geared well towards the meta, too. Okay, Brandon, am I missing anyone? I know. Oh, Don Hooson. We have to talk about Don Hooson. <laughs> have, have we not talked about Don Hooson yet? Uh, so Don has been talking up Imperial Fists nonstop for the past couple months now. Uh, he, it, We're not using the Imperial Fist supplement at the SoCal Open. So this is... Uh, an original Imperial Space Ring Codex Imperial Fist list, uh, though I imagine it'll get better with the supplement. Uh, he's got a Primaris Chaplain, a Primaris Chapter Master, and a Primaris Lieutenant in a Brigade Detachment with five units of inter- six units of Intercessors, uh, because it's a Brigade, three Invictor Tactical Warsuits, three Tarantula Sentry Guns with Heavy Bolters, Twin Heavy Bolters, three Contemptor Mortar Dreadnoughts, and two Eliminator Squads. It's it's a really good list. It's just a super simple brigade with a lot of shooting, 
uh, a lot of a lot of blocking for the Contemptor Mortis Dreadnought screening. Um, I don't really like the two Eliminators. Uh, I, I think that it, in squads, if you're going to run them, I think three of them is, is the best choice, three units. And even then, I, I'm not like crazy about them. Um, but they're good. They're, you know, better than nothing. But yeah, that's just a very simple Imperial Fist list. Uh, he left the Siegebreaker cohort at home. Uh, he just brought a ton of DACA. What do you two think about this list? First of all, all of the Intercessor sergeants have Thunder Hammers. That's yeah. something I forgot to mention. And uh, they're all armed with Stalker Bolt rifles, which combined with the Imperial Fist's doctrines means that uh, first of all, they're always going to be better by 1 AP because he's never going to leave the Devastator Doctrine. Um, they're going to ignore cover, and they're going to get extra hits on 6s uh, to hit. And they're near a Chapter Master, so they reroll all misses. So the damage output of those guys is going to be really high. Um, and then if and... you actually do get close to him, he's just like, great, I'm going to fight twice with my Thunderhammer bro who's in range to a Chapter Master. Uh, yeah. You're going to die. So you can't yep. tie him up with anything short of, like, Plague Bearers, which have disappeared from the meta, considering that Marines can just double-tap them off the board with a squad of ten Intercessors rapid-fire twoing them. Yeah. Um, so I fully expect that if he goes into a melee-based game, his game plan is called the Tarantulas are up first, and I can shoot you if you wrap them, because that's how they work. And if you do get to me, I have bunches of Thunder Hammers and can fight twice with whatever you don't kill. So you can't wrap me up, and I'm just going to continue punishing you in the shooting phase every turn. Good luck. Yeah. And yeah. he he's also, he's got the combination of the harder-hitting firepower and the, the melee, along with the volume that you need to handle hordes. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be enough if he bumps into, like, a triple or quadruple or sextuple night list um <laughs> he's he may be struggling a bit to kill those vehicles there because he's missing that siege breaker cohort he doesn't have all of the mortal wounds that some other lists will have access to um but if you're facing just some sort of more medium level vehicles he's still in a very good position to be ch chopping them up yeah, yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. It's a very much, a, as Sean said before the podcast, it's very much a Don Houston list. Uh, yeah. And, and um, there there are plenty of other really, really good players. It's like Carlos Kaiser, uh, Brett Perkins, obviously Brandon Grant, who I want to give kind of the last bit of minutes so we can talk about his list. Uh, it, you know, there's just Ryan Mead, Alan DeHessa. There's just a lot of really good players coming to the SoCal Open, uh, not just West Coasters, but players from all over the country, all over the world coming uh, to participate. So it's going to be a very good game, high level competition. Uh, and then Brandon, let's hear your list. Explain it to the listeners. You teased us last week. So now that your list is out in the public, in the open, you can talk about it a little bit. Uh, and then we'll go into predictions. Sure. So last week, uh, this was pre-nerf and we were definitely crying a lot about the Iron Hands rules. Not without good reason. But the thing we closed on was it would be nice to figure out, okay, how do we actually deal with this rather than just complaining about it? And I summarized with, you can't beat them in firepower directly. They're going to shoot you off the board and not take any damage. So you need to be able to play to control the parts of the board where they can't reach and keep your stuff alive as best you can. So to that end, I went with a very similar list to Richard Cozart, strangely enough. Um, so it's got Triple Battalion, 
of guard. Two of the battalions are Katachan, one of Talarn. The two Katachan battalions have the artillery formation with two basilisks. Uh, they have seven infantry squads, two of which have flamers. There's a Strachan, Primaris Psyker, two company commanders, the nine Bulgrins, Astropath, Ministorum Priest, and then in the... Uh, did I mention the Chimeras? Yeah, there's two Chimeras as well. Um, just with multi-laser heavy bolter for cheap. And then the tank commanders have one Demolisher Cannon, two Battle Cannons, and all Plasma Cannons. One of them has a Laz Cannon uh, with a Battle Cannon. And then three Infantry Squads and a Platoon Commander. So... First of all, Demolisher Cannons are really cool if you can get in range, thanks to the stealth buff of making them always D6 shots, which just makes them amazing if they can actually get in range. Uh, the typical problem for Demolisher Cannons is that a lot of the melee threat in the game can be out of line of sight, and we just discussed, go 22 inches reliably. So if your tank is barely in range to shoot a thing in the enemy army, they might be in range to just wrap up your tank the next turn. So with Talarn, at least you can move backwards after shooting with the Talarn tank order. You can also move behind line of sight after shooting to try and keep your tank alive through the triple repulsor bullet hell. Um, and you can also outflank. So if there's no good terrain on the board, at least you can keep some stuff off the board and it will shoot once before it gets obliterated. So all good stuff. Um... And then everything else is very similar to what I've been taking. The Chimeras are really important in matchups where you're facing mass eliminators. So you need to be able to put the important characters out of line of sight, but also out of range. And eliminators can shoot out of line of sight anyway. So I'm like, cool, I need Chimeras. If I don't have Chimeras, then I'm just going to lose all my Psychers turn one. Like, that's, that's not good. Um, and at the very least... Uh, Chimera is only 73 points at minimum, and it's T7, 10 wounds, 3 up armor. So if your opponent is shooting them, it's reasonably tough for its cost. So I really don't mind if the Chimeras are getting blown up. Um, so that was my thought on that. Otherwise, yeah, you could very easily tinker with this and take, instead of the two Chimeras, uh, two more Wyverns like Richard Kozar did. Um but I felt that the Camaros were more useful just for keeping my guys alive. Yeah, I think we're we're entering an environment where people are really going to be building to kill characters because there's, I mean, we already had Orcs and Eldar and all of these other armies that were often very heavily reliant on their characters, and Space Marines really only double down on that. Um, so even aside from just Eliminators being a very good Space Marine unit, we're going to see more other armies taking anti-character tools, and having a way to protect your characters is going to become very important. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think they're a really good list. I, I think the I like the approach to the more bodies, and Guard are still good, um, and they, they do really well against the Space Marine infantry lists, and do secretly well against the Repulsor lists, so I think they're really geared towards the meta. Uh, Brandon, I, I, I don't tell me if I'm wrong. I suspect that Gene Steer Cult are probably something that you don't want to see. Um, Gene Steer Cult is always a struggle, but I do have 100 infantry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you can, so... He can play the attrition game with them. Oh, I yeah. can play that. I will trade two to one and still yeah. be okay. So, But luckily for you, 
Uh, there's not a lot of Gene Circle in in this tournament. Uh, there's not a lot of no. It, I, I was it, expecting it, John Ledden or perhaps Nick Nanavati to bring Gene Circle, and neither one did. No, they yeah. they both switched over to Marines because Gene Circle just can't beat Marines. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. not a it's not a fight at all for them. It, and it's really funny because Gene Circle can do all right against Marines if they don't bring in... I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're... They can always do their I shoot when you arrive within 12 inches of me and put their 10-man intercessor squad out front so you're just going to lose a squad instantly when you show up. I understand I understand that that it's still not a favorable matchup however uh, the thing that pushed that matchup from bad to almost unwinnable were in my opinion the infiltrator squads yep right because the the, the 12 inch dial range which space room players aren't bringing which is really really interesting i i so i i seen players i've seen four good space room players breed space room. i've read three lists none of them were bringing infiltrators three good space marine lists from good players um i'm not saying that no one's bringing infiltrators i'm i've just i'm surprised that more top players are not bringing at least one or two um and that might be kind of telling they're kind of not needed. Uh, your You're matchup right. is so good against Gene Stewart Colt anyways that you don't... Like, because a Centurion Devastator squad will kill any number of Gene Stewart Colt units. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as long as you can protect that one squad of Centurions, you will kill their entire army. Yeah. Now, they are also good against Raven Guard. They're not that good against White Scars, but they're, they're good against Raven Guard. Uh, as well, which is why. So I kind of expected a little bit more. Um, but there's not a ton of Raven Guard players either. So, uh, just just uh, things to note. If you're someone whose army relies on not being more than 12 inches away from the enemy unit, deep striking, uh, or if infiltrators are something that causes your army, maybe not Gene Circle necessarily, but just your army, um, and they're causing you problems. There's not a lot of people taking them, especially not a lot of top players. Uh, so keep that in mind just little tiny meta things like that all right that's it prediction times uh, i'm gonna go first uh because I, i've been thinking about this for a while uh jim vessel is our reigning number one player in the itc right now uh typically in the past with the exception of one brandon one brandon also did really well all season the player who's won the itc championship started off really hot in the beginning of the year cooled off at towards the end of summer um usually hasn't won nova or did well or no nah, not did well but hasn't won nova and then picked up steam towards the end of the year just a little bit at big events like socal open or the renegade open or whatever so i think that jim vessel is going to pull this one out uh with his chaos list with a list that i think isn't bad against the meta does really well against a lot of matchups and is also run by a pretty damn good player uh, so, Brandon, I don't think you three-peat. Three-peating is really, really hard to do in this game. Uh, though I do think that you make the top four and possibly lose to Jim Vessel or another really good player like round five on the top table. Well, I can't so, wait to prove you wrong. <laughs> I, You know what? If, if you three-peat, I, I, will, I will shove... You can shove it in my face next Let me week. put it this way. If I play Jim Vessel at top table or even the second to last table, I will be happy whatever the outcome. We haven't played yet, and I would be thrilled. Nice. Yeah. Jim's a really cool guy, and he's a really great opponent. Um, I think it's going to be interesting because of the number of players with only six rounds. Um, we, we are going to have more than one undefeated at the end of the tournament, yes? Yes. 
Yes. So it's it's obviously going to be like you're going to need to go 6 and 0 to win, but then you're also going to have to beat the other 6 and 0 on points, which is going to be interesting to see. Um and it is possible we only end up with one undefeated just because of like ties towards the top table and stuff like that, but I don't ever bet on that. Um unless Reese stands next to those tables and then it's a guaranteed tie. Um <laughs> but it's it will be interesting to see how that kind of pans out. My my guess for like the top eight, because I I'm not gonna try and predict a winner. I think that's fairly futile. There's too many factors, but I'm gonna say there's like five space marines in the top eight and then three sort of miscellaneous other lists we have a lot of really good players playing space marines uh and i think they significantly outnumber the the non-space marine lists in terms of sort of the the elite of the elite yeah i i agree with that actually um you're definitely going to get a majority space marines in the top eight and the players who aren't space marines are going to be really good well-known players players like brandon grant or jim vessel they're they're not going to be like in my opinion i wouldn't predict like random players with like a random faction that isn't as used you know commonly used. it is possible just because of the nature of the matchups and the the way it's going to work out like we can have someone who goes five and one and makes the top eight Mm -hmm. with just some list because of the matchups they got yeah. Uh, which is not to say that that player is not any good, but they may not be a big name just because the number of players in this tournament and uh, the fact that we're not cutting to a top eight or anything like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then uh, my very solid prediction is going to be that over half of the top eight is Space Marines. Yeah. <laughs> you can save predictions all around. Uh, I mean, it, no, it's fair. It's the reality of the the metal we're living in right now. Space Marines are the most powerful list, pretty much hands down. Uh, they are the faction to beat. It doesn't mean they're unbeatable, but the the default state of the game does seem to be like get ready for Space Marines. Yes, yeah, and that that's true. in, in any game uh, rendition of 40k, competitive 40k, there's always favorites winners you yeah know, just, just the way comp- competition works now here's the the next question the million dollar question which space marine chapter is going to perform the best i think white scars me too um, yeah the everyone is worried about iron hands and has been really focused on them no one has really been talking about white scars as much or at least not in the same way uh, but I think White Scars have some incredibly powerful tools, and we are seeing a lot of the very best players moving to play White Scars. Yeah, it, not only that, but a lot of the lists that White Scars would have a hard time against aren't just simply aren't being brought. Uh, you, you're not yeah. look you, like Assault Centurions um, don't do well going into like Gene Circle, for instance, if they don't have Hurricane Vultures. We saw it in, in the last Australian tournament um, that we covered. The, uh, Salt Centurions weren't doing well against the Gene Circles. It was still a close game. It wasn't unwinnable for the for the White Scars player or the Gene Circle player. But White Scars lists are, especially the ones that we're seeing, are very much skewless, and we're not seeing the kind of lists that beat those lists very often come into the meta. So it, they they're definitely geared right now to beat the meta lists that you see, the Space Rain Infantry lists, the Chaos Vehicle lists, uh, even like lists like Brandon's Guard list. They can do really well in going into. Um, so yeah, so I think White Scars are going to be the clear performer here. Mm-hmm. All right. 
I cannot wait. I will be there. I will be maybe not shoutcasting. We've got Peter the Falcon coming in. He's going to be doing stats analysis on the spot. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have Sean watching from the sidelines, cheering on Brandon on his way to a three-peat. And Brandon, I know you don't like predictions. I know you had a safe prediction. But how confident do you feel going into the SoCal Open and, and winning it? Um, my focus is on playing as well as I can. And what I feel good about is the state that my list is in. I feel like I know how to use it. I feel like it has a chance in every matchup that we've discussed. So it's just up to me to play as well as I can and see how far I can get. Right on. One game mm -hmm. at a time. That's right. <laughs> right on. All right, guys. And gals, uh, thank you so much for listening to Chapter Tactics. Like I said, this is a shorter episode. We did cover over an hour next week. You should definitely look forward to the SoCal Open breakdown. I'll try to get Peter the Falcon on. Actually, uh, next week I will be in Disneyland on Monday um, because it's my daughter's birthday on the SoCal Open and uh, I need to work on my daughter's birthday, so I made it up. I'm going to make it up to her by taking her to Disneyland. So I might do a special quick recording the the night before or the day before or during SoCalpin. Um, but it's going to be delayed. So Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, so Wednesday morning or Tuesday night is when Chapter Tactics is going to go up next week. Um, it'll probably be late Tuesday night, but look forward to that. Uh, we'll talk about the SoCal Open. We'll talk about uh, who won, who lost. It's going to be a lot of fun, um, and I'm really excited. So, uh, Brandon, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. If you're interested, once again, you can sign up to the Patreon group if you want to support the podcast. And if you want to hear a little bit more from Sean, where can they find you, Sean? Uh, we're due In the Finest Hour, uh, available on Podbean and iTunes and a variety of other uh platforms uh we just did an episode talking about the hunter tank which is a space marine vehicle that hasn't seen a lot of talk but a number of players are kind of trying out uh so check that out if you want to hear about some weird vehicles and odd ways to use them right on uh and then if you want to hear more from brandon like engineering stuff i actually don't know what what you talk about in your spare time brandon uh other than 40k but uh Brandon, you can always find him on Facebook. That's right. And um, I've actually created a Facebook group just to talk about guard stuff. So if you really like talking about guard stuff, send me a message. Right on. Plug. Check out that. If you are a guard player, that is that that is like going into a baseball group created by Babe Ruth. Check that out. Maybe not quite that, but you get my point. Mm -hmm. Sounds like sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Thank you also for so much listening. You are the best listeners in the world. And as always, have a good one.